0: Well, today we're going to finish up our series, the, the Biblical Case for the Multi-Ethnic Church. You know, I think this is week six, uh, you know, and so we're going to finish that up by giving the last two reasons why <clears throat> this whole concept of the multi-ethnic church is important. It's not the only reasons, but just the last two that I could come up with. You know, you might be able to come up with more. But uh, we're going to look at those last two today. And what they're going to be is first, we're going to talk about the church is called to unify the nations under the name of Christ because Jesus died for all men. And then, secondly, we're going to look at us as the believers, the body of Christ, being called and equipped to war against demonic strongholds. And there is a demonic stronghold that exists to try to limit our ability to be multi-ethnic church. And so we need to be aware of that. Amen? Amen. So let's, let's look at the first one. The church is called to unify the nations under the name of Jesus Christ. Now, if we're called to do that, I think it's important that we model what we're commissioned to do, right? You can't, it, it would be like a parent you know, who lies all the time and then disciplining their children for lying. Right. right? Or someone who steals and they're saying, but you should not steal. If I'm a thief and I'm saying to doc, doc, don't steal. Then I'm not being a good example of that, that good knowledge. It, it, it comes to the point where I just become a, a clanging uh, symbol, That's right. A sounding brass and a clanging symbol. And so if we're called and commissioned to unify the nations under the name of Jesus Christ, we as the body of Christ, we as Breakthrough Covenant Church, we should first model it, don't you think? Now, we can't model something that we don't prioritize and practice. And so it can't just be a priority, you know, uh, statement or, or part of our vision statement here at the church, and then we don't try to practice that. Are you hearing me this morning, because we want to be a multi ethnic body but but we have to we have to do things to to in order to to make that happen. We have to practice growing in relationship with people who don 't look like us or who don 't come from our side of the tracks amen? amen so when we look in the gospel of luke chapter twenty four I want to read a couple of verses uh, verses forty six and forty seven And these are the words of Jesus. And he says to them, it is written, and thus it is necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to some nations. Right? Wait a minute. To all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Now, we talked in the first week of this message that that word nations is the, is the Greek word ethnos, where we get our word ethnicity from. And so when Jesus is saying that repentance and, re, and the remission of sin should be preached to all nations, he's saying to all ethnicities of man. Because the gospel is so powerful, there's no man that is left uh, outside of its ability to reach. The God that we serve, he lived and died and rose from the grave so that all men, all women, all children could be saved. And so as those who have benefited from salvation, for those who have benefited from the work of Jesus on the cross and coming out of that grave, it's imperative that we also share that same gospel message, that we share that same good news, that there is forgiveness of sin through Jesus Christ, that you can change through relationship with Jesus Christ, that we share that message with every skin tone of mankind, even those we might not like, because I'm not fool enough to believe that in a crowd this size and people watching online, there's nobody that has issues with people who don't look like them. There's someone in here that needs to hear that. And those people too that you don't like, guess what? Jesus Christ died for them as well. Because we can get to this place where we're like, yeah, God loves me. The Lord loves me. And we we somehow start to think like he loves us more than the next person, right? Like I truly believe I'm my mom's favorite kid. I do. I tr- I don't I don't ask her because to me I just I believe. Now my feelings might be hurt if I ask her, right? It it might be that someone else is her favorite, or she might love us all the same. I I don't know. You know, my kids think Hannah is my favorite. More my boys think Hannah is my favorite. She's not. I love her as much as I love my boys. Right? More than I understand. And so it is with Jesus Christ. Those people that we don't like, he died for them too. He rose for them too. The gospel and the kingdom of God is for them as well. Amen? So having the nations unified under Christ is a high priority for Christ. Therefore, as disciples of Christ, it should be a high priority for us. Amen. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean you need to go out and, and save everybody. It just means we as the collective body that is called Breakthrough Covenant Church, we need to be willing to share the love of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ with everyone who needs it. And we do that through Wednesday morning feeding, you know, those who are less fortunate in our community. We do outreach events. We do mission work. We want to reach the nations for the kingdom of God and the cause of Jesus Christ. Why? Because repentance and the remission of sin, he says, should be preached to all ethnicities of man. It started in Jerusalem, but it could not be contained there. Don't let it start in your house and let it be contained in your home because you, your wife, and your kids are saved. Oh, then when the kids start having grandkids, we'll get them saved. And then hopefully Jesus will come back. Now there's neighbors and there's people in this community that need to experience what you have experienced in receiving the love of God. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter five, starting in verse 17 Paul says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors of Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. Paul has just given us a mouthful. But it's a mouthful that we need to understand, because this man that we call the Apostle Paul, who is of Jewish descent, he's speaking to a Gentile community. The people in the city of Corinth, are, are, are Gentiles. And if you know anything about this history between Jews and Gentiles, they, they, there wasn't a lot of intermixing. Jews kind of had this uh, superiority type of thing where, you know, uh, they're the favorite child of God. Now they did have a covenant. They do, not did, they do have a covenant with God that is unique And releases the blessing into their lives. But God's desire is that everyone should be saved. And so as we break down what Paul is saying here, he starts out in verse 17. He says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, does not matter. Are you human? Then the gospel is for you then Jesus desires a relationship with you. And he desires for you to have a relationship with others who call upon his name. And then he starts to go into this, this teaching about reconciliation. Let's put verse 18 back up on the screen. He says, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and given us the ministry of reconciliation. So what Paul is saying, those of us who are apostles and servants of the most high God, we've already experienced the power of God's reconciliation Mm -hmm. through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We've believed on him, and so therefore we have already been reconciled to God. We're not still trying to work our way into God's favor because we get that by believing in his son, right? We've already become new creations. Not perfect, but just new, right? In fact, if you're not changing, you might not be in relationship with Christ. Seriously. And you can't get to a place where it's like, okay, I've been saved for 175 years. I can't change anymore. Yes, you can right? Remember Bob the Builder? Can we do it? Yes, we can. You can change and need to, right? I'm, I'm talking to myself as well. We all need to change. So the apostles have been given this ministry of reconciliation, and he says in verse 19 that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Now in the world, that doesn't just mean the earth, but it means the earth and all of its inhabitants. He's reconciling the world to himself, not imputing or not counting them guilty of their trespasses. In fact, that's why Christ had to come. So that God could pour out his wrath on Jesus and he can pour out his mercy on us because he does not want to bring wrath upon us. He wants to be reconciled to us. He wants to go back to the relationship that we first had in the garden before sin came into the world through Adam and Eve. That's God's purpose. That's his whole entire purpose. In fact, the entire book of the Bible is the story of God's willingness and the lengths to which he will go to be reconciled to us. God. The one who put those stars in the sky and holds them there. The one who has created the planets and the moon and everything else that we see in our existence. The one who holds your body together, loves you so much that he wants to be reconciled to you, that he sent his son to die on the cross for you. And those people who don't look like you. Amen. So he has committed to the apostles and those who had believed this word of reconciliation because they are ambassadors of Christ. Now they've taken on that title and they've taken on that responsibility because of what they have received. Do you, this is rhetorical, do you feel the need To go reconcile the world to God, because you have found this treasure in Christ Jesus. You know, one thing I don't understand about people is holding secrets that can be a blessing to others. I don't get that, right? Like like my father-in-law is good with his hands. He can build stuff and fix cars and all that. He, he doesn't withhold that knowledge. He tries to teach that to me. Tries. I just say, do it. Just, just do it, Bill. I'm, I don't want to know. Right? But Josh wants to know. Right? I, I see Steve and Joan Dreeson down here. They, they have an understanding about healing. They don't just keep that to themselves and everyone who's named Dreeson... Let's teach all people about that. And we don't even care if they're saved. Right? I look at Doc and Renee and they have this passion and this understanding about worshiping God. Well, Pastor, we, we, we can't do that on Sunday because we just want to keep that to ourselves. When you receive a gift from God, you should experience a, a good responsibility of sharing that with others not like a heavy burden. I heard something this week that was so powerful and and, and it got me to think that, and the preacher was saying, when you're doing something that you're not called to do, it's a yoke. But for the person who's called to do it, it becomes a mantle. Think about that. So what I'm talking about as far as sharing the gospel and preaching the gospel, I'm not saying that to put another yoke on you, but so that a mantle from the spirit of the Lord can come upon your life. Mantles are important because they carry authority. Mantles are important because with, with a mantle comes authority to do what you cannot do apart from that mantle. And we have been given the responsibility, not with a yoke, but with a mantle to share the gospel with every nation of mankind. Why? Because we too, like Paul and those who are with him, are ambassadors of Christ. How can you say that, Pastor Charles? Because you have received salvation. And because you have received it, you also need to realize that you are an ambassador and that you too have the word of reconciliation in your spirit and in your mouth. Now go share that with others who need to hear it. Amen? Amen. I love verse 20 because he says, now we are ambassadors of Christ as though God were pleading through us. Think about that, that God is working through us. He so loves the nations that he's using those who have his spirit to plead with the nations. I implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's what Paul is saying the Lord is doing through you and I who have accepted Christ that through us, he's pleading with the nations, please be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin, not to take on our sin, but to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Some of us need to start to pray, Lord, let the mantle of reconciliation ministry come upon my life. Some of us need to start to pray, Lord, let the mantle of the evangelist come upon my life. Lord, let the mantle of love for people come upon my life. Because there's people all around us dying, separated from Christ. And some of them are dying separated from Christ because we're saying that's someone else's responsibility. Right? Like like we're not consciously saying that, but that's just how we live. Because we know it would be wrong to consciously say that. It's like I look at Rick and Sue, and I remember when I first met them back in 2020. And they, they came to one of our reconciliation events that we were doing. And, and that's how they found our church, if I'm, if I'm remembering that correctly. And uh, Sue made me this beautiful cross. Uh, this, it was this a piece of art that she made and it's called Equality at the Cross. Now don't be offended by that because she's not talking about the liberal equality stuff that is pushed in our media. But what she was saying is that all ethnicities of men and women are equal in the eyes of God. He doesn't play favorites. He doesn't like the black man more than the white or the white more than the Asian. We're all equally loved by the Lord. And the thing that I love about them is not just that they recognize that, but they live it. Rick and Sue are not afraid to go outside of people who look like them to preach the gospel to build relationships, to build bridges. They're not. They're just not. And I learned from watching them. And we all need to get to this place where we start to go outside of our comfort zone and talk to the people that we typically don't engage with in order to reconcile them to God. Because the Spirit of the Lord is in each and every one of us who has accepted Christ, pleading with the nations, please come to Christ. Be reconciled to God through Him. Amen? Amen. That's who the church is supposed to be. But if we're just all black or all white or all Asian or all Hispanic, maybe we'll just speak to those people. Right? Right? Think about it. Or maybe we will witness to people who don't look like us, but we ain't inviting them to church. Think about it. You think that doesn't happen? I'm telling you, it does. Co-workers, one witnesses to another, he gets saved and starts being interested in the things of God, and then they send them to another church because they don't look like each other. That's sad. The multi-ethnic church is needed in this day and age. Amen? Amen. So since the fall of man in the garden, God has been working his plan to redeem every nation to himself through his son, Jesus Christ. And since we have experienced that redemption, we need to preach it. We need to go to the nation's Jesus put it this way in Matthew chapter 10 verses 7 and 8. He says, as you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Do this, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. This is the part I really want you to hear. Freely you have received, freely give. How much did it cost you to get saved, Mark? Thankful. How about you, Heather? Did it cost you anything? Chris, did it cost you anything to come into relationship with Christ? We're not paying money to do this. And so Jesus is saying, you freely have received salvation. You freely have received forgiveness of sin. You freely have received the gospel that allowed you to make that decision that brings you into relationship with Christ. Freely give it. There's a responsibility there for you to do what was done to or for you. Right? And I love that he says in here, you know, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, because oftentimes the power of God will make people more open to the gospel message that is in your life. So you need to start to pray, Lord, use me to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, to raise the dead, to cast out demons. Oh, we don't have demons here. That's that's third world country thing. Okay. You can be delusional if you want to. (laughs) They're here. We're labeling it as certain types of sicknesses and disorders and it's demonic. That's why you can be on medication for 20 years for certain things and you don't get any better. You might actually get worse, right? You ever read, like you ever watch TV and and there's a, a prescription drug commercial that comes on and I'm like, I think I'll just keep the sickness with all those side effects, you know? Like you may wanna commit suicide, bro, like, my thumb is sore. I'm going to take that and I think I'll just take a sore thumb. <laughs> right? Now listen, if, if you're taking medication, I'm not making fun of you. I'm not saying you're in sin. So please don't, don't get bent out of shape about that. I'm just saying there's demonic activity in our culture. And we're we're mislabeling some of that as as sicknesses and disorders. Amen. I hate when I have to clean stuff up like that because I shouldn't have to, but you have to. Now, what I want to do is I want to talk a little bit more about this power of God being on display because the Lord throughout the scripture, he's used his power to bring the nations to himself. Um, because like I said, through his power, it really opens people up more to the gospel message. God becomes real to them when they see the power of God at work. In Isaiah 52, 10, the prophet says, the Lord has made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of, of our God. So the Lord has made bare his holy arm. That means he's, he's, sh- he's shown, he's proven his strength. And we can see this throughout scripture. Uh, we see that God said to Pharaoh, right? I think it was in Exodus chapter 9, for this purpose I have raised you up, that I may establish my power in the earth, right? So like, let me raise up Pharaoh, because Pharaoh thought he was a god anyway. And Egypt worshiped tons of gods, and so the Lord is like, I'm really wanting to reveal myself to the world because I'm going to release my power against Egypt, against Pharaoh, and against your gods so that those who see that start to say, uh, the God of the Hebrews is the real God. Right? Some people need to be slapped awake. They do. The Ark of the Covenant, remember it was captured by the Philistines and they took the Ark of the Covenant and they put it into the temple of Dagon, which is the God that they that they worshipped. And, and they, came, they put it in the, the uh, temple and they come in the next day and, and Dagon is on his face before the Ark of the Lord. Uh-huh. So they, because they're not very smart, apparently, they set Dagon back up and they go out. They come in the next day. This time he's on his face again and his hands are broken off. Then plagues start breaking out in the city and like, oh, it's the Ark of the Covenant. Take it to another city of the Philistines. And in that city, a plague starts to break out. Take it over to this city. Plagues start to break out there. And they finally say, listen, this, the God of the Hebrews, he's different, man. We got to figure out what to do with this. We have touched something that we have no business touching because we are worshiping false gods. I believe, I I can't prove it from Scripture, but I just, I believe because of God revealing his power, there were Philistines that got saved. There were Philistines that, that, that said, the God of these Hebrews, the God of Israel is the real God of heaven and earth. Right? Maybe I'm the only one. Another example is Nebuchadnezzar. Remember, he Creates this law, and um, the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they they said, "Listen, we're we're not we're not worshiping you, King. All due respect, but but we're not worshiping you. You're not God. We're not worshiping your image either." So he throws them into the fire. It's like, didn't we throw three three of them in there? Why is there four walking around? And 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 the fourth one looks like the Son of God. And so they open up the furnace and they come out, their clothes aren't even burned. They don't even smell like smoke because God has kept them. And Nebuchadnezzar, he starts to declare their God is the true God, their God. No one saves and delivers like their God. I believe there were Babylonian people who got saved because of God revealing His power. Why am I talking about this? Well, because if you're trying to reach the nations and and it's just not working, ask for God to reveal his power to them. Ask for God to open up their eyes to see what they cannot currently see about the God that you serve. Right? And, And let me say this too. It's not your job to get people saved. It's your job to either plant the seed or water the seed. The scripture says God gives the increase. So let's, let's, let's do away with this pressure of, well, I prayed for them or I witnessed to them and they didn't get saved. That ain't your job. That's God's. Your job is to plant or water. Amen. Man, did I just tip over a sacred cow? Because some of y'all looking at me crazy. It's the truth. It's just the word. God gives the increase. Just be a willing vessel, right? Amen, amen. Let's, let's look at this second and last reason why um, it's important to value the multi-ethnic church. And I, I said, it's because we are, we as the body of Christ are called and equipped to war against demonic strongholds. And let me just tell you, this includes strongholds that will divide people of different ethnicities. This includes strongholds that will promote one people as superior over the other because of their ethnicities. Don't think of strongholds as only, let me say it this way, don't think of these things that divide us across ethnic lines. Don't think that there's not a spirit behind that. There is a spirit behind it. There is a stronghold that has been established in America over centuries that we, as the body of Christ, are called to war against. But what we've done as the church, because we don't want to offend people, is we've just been silent and we've not said anything. We've not done much about it. And therefore, we've kind of submitted to those strongholds when we're supposed to be warring against them, right? In fact, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, it says, for, we, we, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not fleshly, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. And just in case you pull down a stronghold and there's someone who wants to maintain it and argue with you why it's good, Uh, The the weapons we have are also good for pulling down or casting down arguments. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So even your own thoughts. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Fulfilled we will not become a multi-ethnic body and we will not uh, be able to establish the multi-ethnic body as something common in our community and nation without warfare. It's just the way it is. Because we're in order to do that, to establish, to, 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 to be multi-ethnic, we have to war against a demonic stronghold that wants us to stay divided. And I mean, this thing gets in through our political machine, through our educational system, through, through all kinds of different things to keep us divided as, as people. But as the body of Christ, We're called and equipped to war against those strongholds. The question is, are you up for the battle? Because some of us might start praying for the multi-ethnic church to come forth, or we might start doing so that the multi-ethnic church can come forth, or we might start preaching and ministering and serving people who don't look like us, building bridges, and it might bring warfare into your life. And we say, never mind. Never mind right? That's why I'm concerned about like when people come into ministry too quickly because you don't know what you're signing up for. And you may not be ready for that level of warfare. Right? It's just the truth. It's just the truth. So it is with this. Now here's the deal. We don't need to be afraid. You don't need to pray. Well, Lord, show me if I'm ready or not. Just do the word or just do the work because the word is already with us. Well, where? In Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, go and make disciples of all the nations. And then what does Jesus say? I'll be with you as you do that always, even to the end of the age. Doesn't mean the warfare won't come. It just means when it comes and it starts to overwhelm you, lean into Christ. Lean into Jesus. We got to start to pull down this stronghold. If racism truly is going to end in our nation, I think the church has to play a big role in that because it's not about laws. That's what the government doesn't get. That's what the world doesn't get. They're trying to pass laws and policies. And it's like the problem is the heart of man. That this principality called racism and superiority is warring against our hearts are not right. And then we got a demonic spirit that when we try to get our heart right, it wants to fight against us. Or if we want to just stay hard and, and, and continue to, to operate according to that spirit, then, then it will support us in that. Don't gloss over because I'm talking about spiritual things. God's kingdom is spiritual. Your salvation is spiritual Mm -hmm. because this body that we have is not going to last forever. We'll get a new one when Christ returns. We have to start to realize that a lot of the stuff that we're dealing with as believers starts in the spirit. And that's where we have to deal with it. Amen. Amen. Now, I believe, this 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 is my personal belief, is that before Jesus can come back to receive his unblemished bride, we as the body of Christ are gonna have to start to break down this divisiveness that exists in the body of Christ across ethnic lines. I don't think it's gonna be well. The arm is white people. The right arm is white people. The left arm is black people. No. We got to start to come into this place where we're unified here in this realm, on this level, so that the body can start to become this, this pure bride that Jesus is coming back for. I made a little list here as to why I believe, I could be wrong, but I, this is a list I made as to why this stronghold that divides us across ethnic lines has existed for so long. And the first one is that guys like me, pastors, men and women that lead churches, are too cowardly to speak up against this stuff. I had a pastor in our community say, I can never say that from my pulpit. People would leave. I said, well, you need to say it if that's how they're going to react, you need to say it. Right? I heard something that Pastor Hayes said years ago, and I, I believe it's true as I start to think through it. He said, the, the problem with the body of Christ in today's age is that <clears throat> it's under a, pastoral, a pastor's anointing and not an apostle's anointing. Because pastors just shepherd, right? And they, they, they gather, So they'll deal with stuff that an apostle won't. Because apostles set in order. And in setting things in order, apostles understand there's going to be some fallout. Not that apostles are divisive and they want people to turn away. It's just order is what they're anointed to do. Let's set in order. And some people, good, God-loving Christian people, don't like order. They don't like being they don't like being told the way you're operating is out of order. And I believe the church needs to get back to being under the apostolic anointing so that some of this stuff that we're dealing with in today's age can be done away with that we can start to overcome. Amen. Amen. So the first reason this isn't happening is pastors are re, are refusing to address it because of fear. The second reason is we we use style of worship or style of preaching as a way to separate us as well because for the most like, for the most part our the ethnicities they worship and they preach differently well as I don't like that style well where has God called you it's like the you know we have been we come come together as a church we have been a church for about 6 months and one of the people who was here, very, very involved couple. Uh, They said to us, well, we just think God is leading us away from here. And and I said, well, okay, why is that? And he started talking about my style of preaching and about how we give prophetic words. And in our old church, that only happened like once a year. And it was really, really important. But you guys are saying prophetic things all the time. I was like, okay, we're, Are you saying we're making it up or what? Well, I just don't know because in our old church, he wasn't talking about breakthrough church, but the church they were before, that would only happen like once a year. It was very rare. I said, yeah, because it's probably a dead church. So he says to me, well, would you just pray for us that God will lead us to the place he wants us to be planted? I said, before I answer that, let me ask you one question. Is God leading you out of this house? Well, no, but, but you know, just, you know, the things that I talked about, I said, then I'm not gonna pray for God to lead you because you're not gonna obey him if he tells you to come right back here. It's a waste of my time to pray for you. Total waste of my time because you're allowing your preferences to dictate where you worship versus the Lord Jesus Christ and His Spirit. Right? We can't let styles of worship and preaching start to cause us to divide, because that will lead to black churches, white churches, Asian churches, Hispanic churches, any other kind of ethnicity we want to throw in there. The last thing that I'll say, as far as this list is, and don't feel attacked, because I'm not attacking anybody but this white Jesus imagery that is rampant in the body of Christ. You see an angel? White. Right? You see a picture of Jesus? White. That's a problem because I'm telling you, black people look at that. I can't speak for every other ethnicity, but black people look at that. And some of us are like, is there space for me? Because all the angels are white. Jesus is white. All the apostles are white. Right? So this white Jesus imagery, it's a problem that if we're going to be a multi-ethnic body, we have to get away from. Now, if Paul was white, paint him as white. But if he looked more Middle Eastern, paint him that way. Right? And I'm just looking at the people that God created. So I imagine the angels there's some differences in terms of the way they look. I imagine. I've never seen any of them, but I just imagine. Don't be offended. This is just the truth. We have to start to get away from that. Because what it does is it starts to create, it can start to create barriers. Not saying that you are trying to do that. It just just naturally happens. Amen. Amen? We need to be much more like Paul. I'm going to read this verse and close. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, he says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love. I'm closing right now, Chris. <laughs> I just saw them discussing it. So it's like, let me just help my brother out. (laughs) I'm sorry, man. (laughs) It is, it is love. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace for there is one body and one spirit just as you are uh, called in one hope of your calling one Lord one faith one baptism Amen. right we know also and I, I won't read it but 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 Paul talks about it in second Corinthians chapter 10. He talks about how I become all things to all men that I might win some. If we're going to start to tear down this demonic stronghold of separation, superiority, isolation, stick with your own kind. Then we just might have to become all things to all men that we might win some. We definitely are going to have to stand on the unity, the oneness that we have in the Spirit through our faith in Jesus Christ. And you know what I believe? Is that we, Breakthrough Covenant Church, we're up for the task. And I believe that God is going to use us in this community to usher in a new season of the body of Christ in this community to where it starts to break down those walls that have been established because of ethnic differences. So my challenge to each and every one of you that's here listening or watching online is to pray and ask the Lord, what is my part? We know we've got to open our mouths. And tell others about Jesus. We know we have to also live it before them. So you don't need to pray about that. The word has made that clear. What you need to pray about is what is my part that is not clear in your word? Right? What is the mantle that is coming upon my life so that you can use me to be a bridge builder? So that we as Breakthrough Covenant Church and the body of Christ in this valley can be made up of multi-ethnic bodies, multi-ethnic congregations, because you have a part. Amen. Amen. Father, we give you...